Hey, you hit that play button because you've decided to invest in yourself today. So I wanna congratulate you. This is the V1 Church Podcast. We're asking the question, can you find true rest in the midst of a global pandemic? No matter what your situation is, single in a pandemic, hello, kids screaming, running around. I mean, maybe you're an essential worker. The Bible gives a resounding yes you can find true rest. My name is Mike Signorelli. I'm the lead pastor here at V1 Church, and I got an opportunity to sit down with Brady Boyd. Come on. And he's gonna just blow this open for you. He's a tremendous communicator. He's an awesome pastor, and he's got some revelation that's gonna change your life forever in the next 20 minutes. So I'll see you on the other side of this message. It's our very first installment of our new series entitled, Do Nothing. Hey, V1 Church, I've got a real special treat for you this Sunday as we kick off our new series entitled Do Nothing. I've got the one and only Pastor Brady Boyd, and uh, just welcome. We're going to have a conversation today about rest and what God has to say about it, and uh, I just could not, I can't believe we're doing this, and this is going to help you tremendously. So thanks for being with us today, Pastor. Pastor Mike, it's so excited to be with you. I, I just love uh, New York area. I love the people of New York, the people of Queens and Long Island. I'm just so honored to be a part of this. I know you guys are in the fight of your life right now. And I know it feels like there's darkness surrounding all of you, but I just want you to know there are people all over the country praying for you, lifting you up, calling on the name of Jesus on your behalf. And my church here in Colorado Springs has certainly been praying for all of you. And so just be strong out there, New Yorkers in Long Island. I just, we just love you to death and so proud to be in the fight with you. Oh, come on. Uh, thank you so much for that encouragement. You know, I know there are some that were encouraged, but then when he said Colorado Springs, I know somebody got offended because I, now I've heard you say that God visits many other places, but <laughs> in Colorado Springs. So <laughs> it's not fair. I know, uh, right? Uh, New, well, New York is a special place, first of all, and I, it is truly one of the great cities, if not the greatest city on the planet. But Colorado uh, is home of uh, Pike Peak and America's Mountain. And our church is right across the street from the Air Force Academy. And it's, it's 70 degrees here today. We have finally warmed up around here. We've had a really cold winter, a lot of snow here, but it is perfect here. So if any of you in New York, whenever they lift a travel ban, you want to come out and, and see where God lives. It's Colorado, I can promise. <laughs> well, I'm hoping some V1 um, church members go get some of that new life church culture all over them and bring it back. And you, you know, <laughs> you're one of my heroes in the faith. You know, like I said earlier, I'm kind of fangirling through this. But one of the things that really I've leaned into is this theme in your ministry is is about the you know how to rest in God and and what that looks like. And I felt like kind of leading you know into this season. I, I know it's kind of counterintuitive because New York is where we grind. You know, we have like a three job minimum. You know, it's like I got my main job and, you know, I rest on my third job. And we that's like the norm for us here. I'm saying us, even though you all know I'm a Hoosier uh, by birth, but, uh, you know, I'm a transplant. But, I, you know, we have that grind culture. And I felt like we need to come into a fuller understanding of what God says about rest in this season. So I'm excited to kind of hear some of your thoughts for, for New York. We're in the epicenter of COVID. I mean, what are you thinking, you know, we need to hear in this time? 
Well, first of all, your work right now is very important. And because your work is so critical to New York, that's why your rest is also very critical. And my concern right now for pastors, for churches, people on the front lines, I'm sure you're providing food, you're doing outreach all over the city. But in the middle of our good work, we have to find good rest or the good work is not sustainable. And, uh, you know, the, the problem is, is that this is not going to go away anytime soon. This is we are we need to think about running a marathon, not finishing a sprint right now. And there's going to be times where you're going to feel guilty about slowing down and taking a break. But I'm telling you that it is God's will and purpose for every person listening to honor the Sabbath, even in the middle of a crisis, because by honoring the Sabbath and and, and embracing a, a period of rest, you're actually going to be equipped by the Holy Spirit to do more work. But if you if you keep going and without resting, you will burn out. Your body will fail. And then if your body fails, we can't do the work that God's called us to do. So I believe uh, I, the story that I was thinking about uh, for you this weekend is out of Luke chapter five. And Jesus, this is the time when Jesus is being introduced to the world. He's after 30 years of anonymity, he suddenly burst onto the scene and the Bible says that he's showing up in these towns and the whole town's going nuts when he shows up. I mean, he's performing miracles. He's laying hands on sick people. If he if he were to show up right now in Queens, he would be laying hands on COVID-19 patients and they were being healed. Think about the hysteria that that would create if there's no vaccine and no medicine, but Jesus shows up and starts healing, right? That's That's our prayer right now. But this is exactly what Jesus was doing. He was coming into towns that were had been overcome by sickness and he was laying hands on sick people and they were getting healed, okay? Powerful stuff happening. All right, look at, if you, if you have your Bible, let me just show you one quick little thing here, okay? In Luke chapter five, verse 15, it says, the news about him spread all the more so crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. This is New York, this is Queens, this is Long Island right now. Crowds of people needing healing, all right? And But look at verse 16, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of a crisis moment, verse 16 pops off the page at me. It says, but Jesus, in the middle of a crisis where a lot of sick people needed healing, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus embraced this. How, think about how uh, countercultural that seems to us. How that just seems absurd that in the middle of a time where Jesus is being introduced to the world with all of the opportunities, with all the things that were available for him to do, Jesus himself had, had discovered a rhythm of living that required him to withdraw to those lonely places and to refuel his own soul so he had something to give away when he came back into the crisis moment. That's my word for the people listening today. God wants to make sure you have all that you need right now because you're going to have to give away a lot right now. You're having to give out a lot of emotions right now. You're giving a lot of your best energy out right now, but there has to be a time in every person's life where you refuel, where, you know, the airlines get it right. Put your own mask on first before assisting others. And this is what rest does. Rest allows us to put our own mask on first so that we have oxygen in our spiritual lungs to give away to other people. Come on. So that was my, 
Uh, that's not preaching. I don't mean to get into a preach mode here with you, but Listen, I'm I, passionate about this topic. Yes, absolutely. You know, V1 Church, if, if this was good, let me see you in the comments. Just give us some fireball emojis, some raise hands. Let us know it's good. Start sharing this broadcast right now so that people can hear this message. You know, I love how you said that there is no good work without good rest. And I'm thinking about the people of our church, the essential workers, even stay-at-home moms who are now becoming the, the teacher to their children. And they're like, how, how do I do this? We've heard a lot of stories of stay-at-home moms breaking down the first week, second week, crying like, I don't know how to teach my kids you know, in this environment. What do I do? So what are, what are some practicals? What does it look like for a believer to say, okay, I'm going to withdraw and go to that quiet place when I feel like I can't find quiet in this 600 square foot apartment in, in, in Queens or whatever, what are some practicals that, that they can really hold on to? Well, I think one of the things is we have to disconnect from electronics for a while. I mean, that's, we have to quiet the house. We have to make things quiet and settle. Most people have a really hard time with solitude because it looks like isolation to them. But isolation and solitude are very two, do, two very different things. Right now, we're all living here in Colorado. We're in lockdown out here as well. So we are isolated. But isolation is mean when you're separated from everything. Solitude is when you're separated to God, when you are in a place where you have quieted your soul, where you're quieted the room around you so you can hear God's voice. And, and I, I, so I, I think the Bible is very clear that solitude is something we need to embrace. Isolation is not good for our soul. It's not good for our mental health. It's not good for anything long term. But solitude is that place of quiet. And that's what Sabbath really is supposed to be. Sabbath is supposed to be an unstructured day of as much quiet as we can. And I know a lot of you have little kids in the house and you haven't had quiet probably in three or four years. So I get that. Uh, but even when our, our little kids were, were little, when our kids were three and four years old, we just disciplined our house. We turned off electronic. We turned it off. It, and maybe that's only for an hour, 30 minutes or an hour that that would happen. But get into a habit of sometimes during the week of quieting the house and so that your soul can be quiet. And uh, maybe it's during nap time that you can do this, you know, or, or maybe go for a walk where you can be quiet and settled. Uh, I was, I remember the last time I was actually in New York, uh, I, I realized that there is no quiet places in New York. Even even inside the hotel where I was staying, you could hear the road noise out. You know, you could hear everything. So I get this, that New Yorkers are probably having a hard time understanding what it means to be quiet. But in the solitude of the moment is where God comes to meet us. And Sabbath, Sabbath is really a rebellion. Sabbath is, is rebelling against this, this innate need to trust and worship our self-sufficiency. Uh, and the American culture tells us that we have that we have all we need, that we're the strong ones, that we'll be strong again. But actually, the Bible teaches us that Sabbath is when it's a rebellion against that idea that we, we put our hope and our trust in the resurrected Christ, not in our own goodness, not in our own own strength. But Sabbath reminds us that God is in control, that God can do this, that God is the one that's really sustaining us, that God is the one that's really uh, the, the source of every good thing that we need right now.
oh, this is so good. Now, as soon as you connected Sabbath to rebellion, I know some people got inspired. <laughs> but you know, I kept thinking about Daniel in Babylonian exile. And he said, I cannot adopt everything about their culture. And he took time to pray to the point where he got in trouble for it. And I feel like connecting silence to and you know silence to rest is so important you know something i've been meditating on in preparation for today is our phone and our laptops and our tablets and how you know for many of us who are furloughed working from home this is a, the, the source of of pleasure and entertainment but also work and i've been reading a lot of the scientific studies and your brain doesn't know the difference when you stop working on this and when you receive entertainment from this and people think well i'm watching Netflix on my phone, I'm resting. And your brain's saying, well, I can't tell the difference between when you when that was a spreadsheet on your phone or Netflix. So I really cannot encourage the people of V1 Church enough to do what pastor is telling you to do and, uh, and, and turn the devices off, push them aside, and really try to create an environment of silence. That's so important. Well, the, the key part, that is so good, Pastor Mike. That is brilliant. It's powerful. And look at verse 16. It says that he often withdrew to lonely places. That is a place of disconnecting. It's where, you know, there was no Wi-Fi. There was no cell signal. Jesus just didn't stop and pray. Jesus actually isolated himself and found a quiet place. So he went to lonely places. And, and for us, and, and, and for those of you living in New York, a lonely place probably is a disconnected place where we disconnect from your phones. I'll tell you something that we did with our kids when they, you know, when our kids were like 11 or 12 years old, they started wanting cell phones. And then when they became teenagers, you know, they had phones of their own. What we, we, uh, we started to asking our kids to put their phone out of their bedroom at night. This is a big deal because uh, we are, we are conditioned. Our mind is conditioned to listen for those alert noises from our phone. And if the phone is right beside your bed at night, actually your body never gets to the REM sleep. Some of you are having sleep problems because your brain is paying attention all night long for the sound of your phone. So for, for a long season of time, in fact, I, I have not had my phone in our bedroom probably in 10 years. I have learned at night, I leave my phone in another room and it, it has helped my sleep. It has helped me rest because my brain uh, is not being conditioned to, to pay attention to anything. And it's an amazing that the Bible says in the last days that he's going to pour out his spirit upon us and he's going to give us dreams and visions. I think the Lord wants to come to some of you in your sleep and he wants to give you, first of all, he wants to give you deep REM sleep so that that sleep can restore you and refuel you. But he also wants to give us dreams and visions right now. And we're, we're getting a lot of negative uh, inputs throughout the day. I think if you would separate your phone out of your room, I know this sounds really radical to some people not having your phone right next to your bed, but just try it for a few nights. Put your phone in another room, turn off your turn off all the devices and let your body really rest at night so that when you wake up, you feel restored and you feel healed and you feel strong for the day. 
oh, this is so good. You know, it's kind of a confirmation too, because my daughter's 13 and she has the devices now. We have a ton of parameters on that, but we instituted two bedtimes. The first one is when the phone goes to bed. And the second one is when she goes to bed. And we, we, we do that. We're like, okay, your phone goes in the kitchen in this designated space at blank time. And then a little, and that gives her almost like a runway to sleep where she, she, I said, Hey, you can do, you can stay up a little bit later to that next, you know, your official bedtime, but that time's reserved for reading a physical book or doing something that is tactile, you know, something that's not a glowing screen in your eyes, changing your hormone production and messing you up. And I think it's about time that the church starts cornering the market on science again, because it's the wisdom that we find in the Bible that's still relevant in the 21st century. So this, even that alone, I feel like there's a lot of people watching right now that said that just changed the game for my family. You know, it's, and it's so easy to slip into that and forget like, wait a second, many of us are old enough to remember, I somehow managed to get through my whole childhood, teens and 20s without <laughs> sleeping with a phone. It is possible. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and so a lot of depression and mental health issues right now can be traced back to this addiction of, of, of electronics. Think about it, if every night for a year, the last thing you see on your phone is some bad news and that's what you go to sleep with, that that's going to affect your well-being at some point. So I, I think that is really good parenting, Pastor Mike. That is brilliant. And go back to this verse, if you remember in verse 15, Luke 5, verse 15 and 16. Verse 16 says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Verse 17 is fascinating because as soon as he came back off of that rest, it says that, that there was still, the need was still there. He says one day as he's teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law, that come from every village of Galilee and Jordan and Jerusalem, and they were sitting there. And listen to this, verse 17, and the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. So verse 15 is chaos, a lot of activity. Verse 16, he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Verse 17, he comes off of that place of rest and prayer, and it's the people are waiting on him. The work is not going away. That's the point of this story, is that the work will always be there. But when he embraced that season of rest and prayer, something happened in verse 17. It says, the power of the Lord was present on his life to heal the sick. And here's what I want you to catch from this broadcast today. When God is present in our rest. He actually becomes more present in our work. And God wants to be present in your work right now, New Yorkers. The people, uh, Pastor Mike, God wants to be present in your people's work. And, and those of you that are on the front lines in healthcare right now, showing up at hospitals, showing up at supermarkets, you have first responders in your uh, church, police and firefighters and, and uh, paramedics and people doing hard work right now. God wants to be present in that work. And the only way he can be present in that work is if you pull away, pull away, even if it's for an hour, even if it's for two hours, go to a lonely place, disconnect, quiet your soul, invite the rest of the Holy Spirit. And what's gonna happen is when you show back up at work after that season, there's gonna be a power in your life to heal the sick. I believe God wants to bring healing to your city. And he's going to do it through the people of God. You know, the only formula that God has to do his work on the earth is through human beings. 
And there's there's a rhythm of living that allows us to be powerfully present in our work. And it starts with us choosing to rest and embracing rest as a gift from the Lord. Man, that I, I, you know, as you were talking, that's just such a massive download into V1 Church. And I'm just believing that so many people's lives are literally being changed as a result of this. I think too often in, in the church, we the way that we teach is almost like reward based. Like, man, if I work so hard, though, maybe the Lord will reward with, you know, but I think that it reveals such a significant faith in God to simply say, my rest is also putting my faith in you on display. I trust you so much that I can rest in the midst of this. And that's something that I want to see, you know, on the faces of those who call B1 Church home. Like you said, it's good work because we've got good rest. And and like you said, the work's always going to be there. And I know it's really taxing on a lot of the people that are serving in the healthcare industry because, you know, the it's affecting them to see this. And I can imagine there's many people watching this right now almost feel like you're probably on the verge of tears because somebody's articulating something that you've been feeling. You know, it's a relentless every single day, day in, day out. I'm here in Queens where I hear sirens all day and all night. I mean, it is a relentless sound of sirens. And I think in the midst of that, it's like we really are confronted with this question, what do we truly believe? And it was always the Jewish people who were, the way that they had Sabbath was always such a demonstration, especially in an act agricultural society that was like, man, we've got to work these fields seven days a week to get a yield. And they're like, no, actually, our rest is going to reveal that we trust God for the increase. Um, so it just, any kind of like closing thoughts as we kind of, you know, wrap it up and just um, kind of hit it home here. Uh, well, I, I was, uh, it's funny you brought up the Jewish tradition of Sabbath because I was walking through the streets of the old city of Jerusalem a few years ago. And I, I heard it was on it was on uh, Sabbath Shabbat. It was uh, on Friday evening, and the the Orthodox Jewish families were headed to their homes to honor the Sabbath dinner that night and to celebrate Shabbat. And I kept hearing as they passed one another, I would hear them say Shabbat Shalom to each other, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. And so I was with a brother, and I asked him. I said, "Tell me, tell me what that really means." I understand Shabbat. I know it's Sabbath, and I know Shalom means peace. So Sabbath and peace, Shabbat. What does that greeting really mean to each other? And he says, "It's it's got a it's got a very nuanced meaning to the Jewish people." He says, "Shabbat Shalom literally means may you find God when you go to your place of rest, and may you find that rest." can only be found in God. Shabbat Shalom. That was the greeting. Think about how powerful that is. Shabbat Shalom. May you find God when you go to your place of rest. And may you find that rest can only be found in God alone. So my prayer over your church and over Queens, over the people in in Long Island uh, this weekend is that Shabbat Shalom. Mm. May you find God in your rest and may you find, you truly find that God is the only real source of rest. Shabbat Shalom, people. I love you. Uh, We're praying for you in Colorado. I pray that the rest of the God would fall upon all of you and that the good work that you're doing would continue. Oh, come on. Thank you so much. Pastor, I cannot say enough about how blessed we are to have you here today and everything that you deposited into our lives. 
Church, as we continue to go through this series, I believe that this is going to unfold for you one layer at a time to where you look and say, wow, God, in the midst of a global pandemic, you taught me a deep and profound understanding of how to find you in rest. What an incredible testimony. So thank you so much. Uh, and I, I just can't wait to continue this journey with you guys through this series. Wow, listen, I promised it was gonna change your life forever and I know that I know that I know that happened because so much of what we think about rest comes from 21st century culture and we need to go back to what God said about it. But how do we make amends? Like, how do we manifest this in our lives right now? Well, I've got good news for you. We figured that out. V1 Church has figured that out. If you go to www.v1.church, you can sign up for a connect group we have groups forming all around the world, literally. You can watch live at lunch every single day, Monday through Friday on Facebook and Instagram. And there's all these opportunities to get away with God, get away with the Bible, get away in prayer. And we're trying to facilitate that for you. So jump off this podcast right now and go to our website and sign up. And I'll see you guys next week for our second installment in our new series, Do Nothing.